It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. I am Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Brad Field. We are putting this podcast together on a Wednesday. That's right, Wednesday, January 25th. And Brad, obviously one of the reasons we're doing the podcast on this Wednesday is because we've got a storm moving into our Connecticut region. What is going on? All right, Dan, we've got uh, the primary storm system right now is located near Cincinnati, home of the Bengals, who have become <laughs> my, my new favorite team in, the, uh, in what's left of the, uh, the NFC contenders. I uh, really love Joe Burrow. Me and, too. Uh, ho- yeah, hopefully he's such a nice kid. And, uh, you know, hopefully they, they do well. Um, I do want to see Kansas City dethroned. But, uh, hey, that storm is right over Cincinnati right now. And a warm front extends out to the North Carolina-Virginia border area. By this evening, the storm will be near Cleveland. Uh, the warm front uh, pushing up toward the New Jersey coast. By 1 in the morning, we've got low pressure over Buffalo. And a secondary storm forming not off Atlantic City, Dan, but rather inland over New Jersey. And you know uh, what uh, I've told you for years is it's all about the track. And if the track comes at us or too close to us, it's going to bring in warm air off the ocean. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen overnight tonight. We'll see snow flipping over to rain as mild air floods in off the Atlantic. And by 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, Thursday morning, uh, January 26th, th- this storm is all over. It's up off um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, moving up into the uh, main coastline area. One thing I'll point out, though, Dan, is the ski areas, again, of northern New England are really looking good for this storm. Um, I've got a buddy, uh, Mark Migliaccio, who uh, is heading up to Stowe this weekend, and he said, Brad, I hope you've got some good news I said, well, Wednesday night and Thursday, it looks like a good solid 8 to 12 inches of snow up there. So uh, they've got a big one coming in for the ski areas, Dan. For us, it's a a big mess, I think, for the afternoon commute. We'll get more specific on that in a minute. So we've got to deal with driving in the snow and whatever through the afternoon and early evening. But as has happened almost uh, exclusively (laughs) all winter long, the snow is going to turn to rain. Now, this storm track, is it is it difficult to predict? Well, it uh, I spoke of this before about the computer modeling, Dan. It's so good now. I mean, back in the uh, back in the seventies and eighties, when when I was uh, back in college, and then when I first started my career in the eighties, and and uh, modeling was uh, just coming into existence, you would always go with climatology, and climatology always said when a storm rides to your west, uh, like goes up um, from the Ohio Valley uh, up through the Great Lakes, and a warm front is coming up the coast at you you'd get like one to three inches of snow and then it would flip to rain. That would, that would be what climatology states. So, you know, normally I go with climatology as a first approximation, 
But then that whole thing about the storm track, where is the low going to form? A lot of times they form offshore. And if the low pressure system were to have formed offshore and moved up to, say, uh, abreast of Nantucket or off Nantucket or whatever, we would be getting a lot of snow because uh, the, the warm air off the ocean would not be able to come in because of the counterclockwise circulation around the low pressure area would give us a north or a northeast component to the wind which would keep it cold but i see this thing if it forms as the models are saying over new jersey rather than off new jersey over new jersey this thing is going to come right up through southern new england so if if you take a, a point on a map and say all right we're uh 25 miles west of Atlantic City, New Jersey, with a low pressure system at one in the morning, and then draw a line to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, you would see that that storm comes right up and over Connecticut. So the storm is going to be too close. Uh, Eastern Connecticut could be getting southerly winds. We're back toward the New York border. They're getting northerly winds, but the storm is too close to be a pure snowstorm for us. So um, I do see the flip from uh, snow to rain. And I think the idea of the storm staying off the coast and tricking us and becoming mainly a a snowstorm, I, I think those odds are very low. We'll return to the Bradfield Weather Podcast in just a moment. I want to talk about the underwriter for the Bradfield Weather Podcast, McAllen Construction, a full-service construction company centrally located in Prospect, Connecticut, but servicing the entire state for more than a quarter of a century. McAllen Construction is woman-owned, a small minority business, servicing the entire state on a 24-7 basis, 365 days a year. Utility construction, site work, water and sewer repairs, and installation. Licensed with the state of Connecticut and insured. Licensed, I might add, as a major contractor, new home construction contractor, plumbing and piping, limited P7, home improvement contractor, and subsurface sewage installer. Utility, carpentry, excavation, and snow removal. And you just heard, Brad, we could finally get some snow this winter. Snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and state and local governments. Give McAllen Construction a call today, 203-758-3474, 203-758-3474, or go online, McAllenConstructionCT.com, McAllenConstructionCT.com. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. And again, Brad and I are so honored that McAllen Construction underwrites the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Brad, you talk about the afternoon commute, how it could be tricky. With that in mind, can you time out the storm, particularly from a precipitation standpoint? Right. Well, we're looking at the radar now, Dan, and a lot of it is uh, a lot of the snow is sublimating. It's coming from the cloud. And uh, if you look at a radar, it might look like it's uh, snowing over your area right now and you look outside and it's not doing anything. But I do think that the atmosphere, the column of the atmosphere, again, not just thinking in the north, south, east, west, but more thinking in the up and down we are moistening the column right now. So in other words, the snowflakes are falling and they're sublimating into the column. 
but that means the humidity of the column is rising. So I do expect that between 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock this afternoon, we're going to start to see snow break out across the whole state. I mean, even down along the Connecticut shoreline, it looks like it's going to snow. And then the snow is going to ramp up. Um, I'd say 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. It'll be snowing hard throughout Connecticut. Now, also around 6 o'clock, so in other words, around dinner time, our friends down on the I-95 corridor from Bridgeport to New Haven to Old Lyme and Old Saybrook and over to Mystic and Stonington, they're going to start to see a change to rain. And then that rain changeover line is going to move south to north across the state such that by, I'd say, 9 or 10 o'clock, even the holdouts in far northwestern Connecticut, Norfolk and Colebrook and Goshen, for example, even in those spots, it's going to go over to rain by, say, 10 o'clock this evening. But that's the whole key to the accumulation. How long is it going to snow and how hard is it going to snow? It may snow hard in Bridgeport for a half an hour, but it may snow hard in Colebrook for four or five hours. So hence, there are going to be differences in my accumulation uh, prediction. Okay, so uh, from an accumulation standpoint, what do you have? All right. uh, Overall, Dan, the I-95 corridor should see a a coating, uh, but I I do think under an inch of snow accumulation, a couple things at play here. Uh, it will be snowing uh, when it's 35, 36 degrees, so that's hard to accumulate. It's much easier to accumulate if the ground temperature were 25 or 26. You Every, every flake that fell would stick and accumulate, but we're going to have a situation where it's snowing at such a rate that it's able to accumulate, but it would accumulate way more readily if the temperatures were a little bit colder. But then you get up to Colebrook in Norfolk, uh, for example, it will be cold enough for every flake to accumulate uh, during the course of the afternoon. So a difference there. So uh, in general, giving you sort of the broad brush now, Dan, I'd say under an inch on the I-95 corridor, For most of interior Connecticut, and we'll get more specific in a minute, I'm going for one to three inches. Northwest Hills, uh, Torrington and points north in the Northwest Hills, uh, let's say Heartland and points west, three to five inches of accumulation. And in the Northeast Hills, uh, say uh, Ashford and Union up along I-84 up toward the mass border, and then northeast bound toward Worcester three to five inches of accumulation there. The main impact, Dan, the afternoon and evening commute. Um, I told my youngest son who uh, works in Palmer, Massachusetts, uh, up along the Mass Turnpike out towards Sturbridge. I said, uh, you know, have a have a large coffee before you you leave tonight so your your uh, your mind is nice and crisp because uh, you're going to be driving in slush and snow and you're really going to have to focus. Wow. Well, and and again, it's uh, that that combination of precipitation leading to the slush, which is going to have, it sounds to me, Brad, like a major impact on the commute. I definitely think so, Dan. And I think that the, uh, 
the school superintendents uh, did a good job with this one, uh, getting the kids home early and and uh, the, the the staffs of the schools home early, because uh, it, it does look it, it would be no place for a school bus to be at four or five o'clock this afternoon. That's for sure. So I think almost all the schools canceled their um, their school early and. Uh, uh, or early release, as they call it, and uh, they're canceling the after-school activities. I think at uh, most places. So it's interesting because uh, after this storm goes by, that leaves the cleanup tomorrow. And I would guess in some areas there's going to be cleanup because the amount of rain we're supposed to get will not be enough to totally wash away the snow. Is that fair to say? I'd say it's fair to say for uh, the northwest and northeast hills, Dan, probably most of the state uh definitely south of Hartford, I think will will wash out, uh, except when you get into the hills out towards, say, Waterbury and Watertown and, 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 and those places up along Route 8 there. But, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, this is the pinpoint forecast from um, the National Weather Service, one of their experimental models. And they have, uh, let me just read some numbers to you. They have 2.4 inches of snow for Danbury, 2.6 inches of snow for Waterbury, 1.3 inches of snow for Hartford, 1.8 inches of snow for Bradley. And um, if that Bradley uh, reading comes true, that will bring snowfall for the season up to 11 inches even. Uh, there's been 9.2 inches to date so far at Bradley. And in case you've lost perspective on that, Dan, um, normal to date at Bradley to January 25th of any given year is 23.4 inches. So you can see we are definitely in a snow drought here in the Northeast. Uh, so that's the Bradley data. Uh, out toward Yukon and south to uh, the casinos, about 1.4 inches of snow. Union uh, is projected to get 2.9 inches of snow up toward the uh, mass border. And uh, you out in uh, Torrington, Dan, the snow capital, you're uh, supposedly getting 3.6 inches of snow from this thing. Well, it's interesting because, uh, as per usual, it seems, elevation does have an effect on the amount of snow accumulation. Absolutely, and it, it has an impact in, in a couple of ways. Uh, and I was pointing out to my um, good friend Kevin Blake last night, he lives up on uh, a mountaintop in, uh, in Granby, and uh, he's, say, at about 1,000 feet of elevation. Whereas Granby Center is at about 250 feet of elevation above mean sea level. So you just take that town of Granby and look at the hills within the town of Granby. You lose 3.7 degrees Fahrenheit for every 1,000 feet you go up through the atmosphere uh, in a standard atmosphere. So I said to Kevin, Granby Center could be 35 degrees and pouring rain. We're at your house, 750 feet higher in elevation above mean sea level. It could be 32 degrees and heavily snowing. And then what happens is it perpetuates throughout the winter. Say the next day, the high temperature in Granby Center is 40, but up at Kevin's house, it's only 37. So you get 
more snow melting in Granby Center than you get up in the hills. And this can perpetuate throughout the whole winter that I've seen times, Dan, where there's been, when I used to commute into NBC, Connecticut, there was no snow at all, say in March at the station. Mm -hmm. But every time I would drive home, there'd be a little bit in Granby Center, but then I drive up into the hills there'd be two feet on the ground at my house <laughs> and, and it, it can perpetuate like that throughout the course of the winter so that by the end of the winter there can be uh, you know ridiculous differences over real short uh, short distances there can be a, a tremendous amount differences over a very short distance in terms of mileage well, that said, once we get through this storm, and again, we're putting this podcast together on the 25th of January, a Wednesday, look to our On the Weather Map segment. What does it look like as far as after the storm goes by? Well, uh, tomorrow morning, Thursday, uh, January 26th, the storm is off uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, the secondary taking over there. Uh, too little, too late for the snow here, but plenty of snow in the whites and the greens, uh, good snow for the ski areas of northern New England. Storm racing away, windy. Uh, we'll see temperatures in the 40s dropping into the 30s tomorrow. And then uh, high pressure over Quebec on Friday. It looks like uh, fine weather on Friday. Uh, Saturday, uh, we're going to have a cold front approaching from the eastern Great Lakes. So the winds will flip into the south uh, ahead of that front and temperatures will be up into the lower 40s. Same deal on Sunday. The front will be crossing New England, but in the morning we'll have sort of a southwest flow here across Connecticut, and then it will shift to northwest. So another mild weekend, about 40 here on Saturday, about 40 to 45 on Sunday. The cold front will be offshore on Monday, and then it starts to get really interesting, Dan, uh, toward the middle of next week. It looks like excuse me, a stationary front is going to be sort of in our vicinity. It could actually lie across the state of Connecticut, but um, it's going to be nearby. And that will be the demarcation between mild air to the south and cold air to the north. But we'll kind of be in that no man zone there. But in any event, it looks like something fairly big is going to come out uh, of the, the plain states and uh, toward the end of next week uh, uh, come at us and w when we start to talk about next week um, Wednesday is February 1st and I am highlighting February 1st through February 8th to get some really active winter weather in here and um, I know that there have been a few people that are good-natured, and, and I take it good-naturedly and so forth. But, you know, you can be the best baseball player in the world, but there are going to be times when you're going to strike out. But that doesn't mean you stink all of a sudden. You don't know how to play the game anymore. You just had, you know, a bad at bat right. and you struck out. Who knows, you might hit home runs your next few times up. So that's that, that's what I try to keep in mind. Uh, 
that um, you know, and it's it's part and parcel of being a meteorologist, <laughs> and part and parcel with being a varsity baseball coach. <laughs> what I try to tell my boys: you you fail seventy percent of the time, and you are considered one hell of a baseball player. <laughs> so if you only fail seventy percent of the time, so but in any event, I see winter February first through February eighth. And uh, there are some people that I want to cite here, Dan. Should we go into that now? Yeah, yeah. I know you've, you've, you've done some work and gotten some quotes. So what does that look like? Well, um, here's a quote from AccuWeather. Everybody's heard of AccuWeather. Um, the quote is from their meteorology staff. February, again, that starts next Wednesday. February and especially March look wild and cold and snowy as La Nina begins to weaken. And you and I talked off air about this, Dan. My fellow meteorologist and former colleague, Art Horn, did research when he worked with me at NBC. And the research was this. When you have El Nino for the winter, how much snow do you get in Connecticut? When you have La Nina, how much snow do you get in Connecticut? And when you have what's called Enso Neutral, El Nino Southern Oscillation is what Enso stands for. When you have Enso Neutral, what do you get in Connecticut? And Art found El Nino, the ski areas suffer. We hardly get any snow at all. La Nina, meh kind of like this winter. Little of this, little of that, not much of anything. And so neutral, boom. That's when we get our big, big storms. And we are trending from La Nina, cold waters in the tropical Pacific, to Enso neutral, where the waters are starting to warm up. What type of jet stream pattern does that yield downstream? Well, for us, it typically yields cold enough and a very active storm track so as we see la nina weakening toward enso neutral that speaks toward a very possible wild end as accuweather says uh to the upcoming winter there are other meteorologists that i cite for long-range forecasting judah cohen out of boston um, Larry Cosgrove, who's a 46-year-old meteorology veteran who, who really does well in his long-range predictions, he is predicting a, quote, storm blitz through February 8th with the major storm pulling in what he calls the, quote, mother load of cold air. And I went and looked, and I saw that... Um, you know, hey, if you're a school student or teacher or the superintendents or whatever, I think looking toward next Friday. So in other words, um, maybe February 2nd and 3rd in that time frame there of the potential for a major storm. But what Larry said about pulling in the mother load, then I went and looked at the Canadian computer models, and on Saturday, February 4th, and Sunday, February 5th, both mo the, the model had 
temperatures sub-zero in Connecticut. So the, 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 the true Arctic cold is coming. It's hard to scour out the boundary layers here in the Northeast because of our proximity to the Atlantic, our proximity to the Gulf Stream, upstream proximity to the Great Lakes that are unfrozen. They should be frozen, but they're unfrozen. So th- there's, a, there's a lot of things that it's going to take to have to get that Arctic air in here. But it looks like a major storm might just do all that. And I know, Dan, you and I were talking off air. I was uh, citing the winter of 92 and 93. And I know a lot of our young listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But the winter of 92 and 93, Dan, it was kind of a nothing winter like this winter's been so far. Yeah, a little snow here, a little snow there, no big deal. But then all of a sudden in March came along the, the quote, storm of the century that came out of the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, even Atlanta, Georgia got crushed with snow. And it came up the coast and, and hit New England on the average a foot and a half of snow throughout Connecticut. People remembered that winter after it was over. This was a bad winter. So the the whole idea that one or two storms can change your whole way of thinking about how a winter has been. And I know, you know, we're in midwinter now and we've had really not much of anything going on. But I do think it could get very active in the next couple of weeks. And uh, if I were were a school kid, uh, I would think... um, you know, maybe sometime in the February 2nd, 3rd time frame, you could get a day off from school, uh, maybe sometime in the February 6th and 7th time frame, that'd be the next Monday and Tuesday, you could get some time off from school. I mean, there are some things happening such that the Canadian computer model by February 8th, so in other words, exactly two weeks from today, today, January 25th, so two weeks from today, February 8th, the Canadian computer model does what they call snow depth. How much snow is on the ground uh, projected to be on that day? And they have one to two feet of snow for all of Connecticut. And I was talking to an attorney this morning who I'm doing a little work for. And, and um, he, you know, he wanted to know down around Bridgeport, down to the Connecticut shoreline. And I said, well, the C- Canadian computer model on February 8th has one to two feet of snow on the ground for the entire state of Connecticut, even the Connecticut shoreline. So things could start getting exciting here fairly quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, you have been talking about this, and it's going to be fascinating to uh, watch what (laughs) unfolds. You know, people have become kind of used to this being a mild winter, but they could be in. In other words, what you're saying, they could be in for a shock. We're not at the halfway point of winter yet. The halfway point is Groundhog's Day. February 2nd, and it sounds as if the second half could be wild. Is that right? It, it does, Dan. Absolutely does. And it's funny because um, I told you I, I went out uh, to a birthday party last night, but I, I saw Kevin Kevin Blake, as I said, and I, I went out with a sweater and a windbreaker. And I'm thinking like, I have all these winter coats, you know, heavy winter coats and winter hats and gloves and all. And I'm not even, I haven't even really considered wearing them. <laughs> um, and it's so bizarre that it'd be like January 25th and I, I haven't worn like my woolen winter hat or, or, or 
you know, my gloves or whatever. But I, I think that's going to be happening in early February. Okay. Well, on that note, as we put a lid on the podcast, and again, we're putting this together on Wednesday, January 25th, late in the morning. What does our immediate forecast look like? All right. Snow developing this afternoon, Dan, with uh, temperatures in the 30s. It looks like a rough afternoon commute uh, with snow coming down quite hard, I think, during the commute, uh, pretty much statewide. Accumulations uh, through early evening of less than an inch on the Connecticut shoreline, one to three inches through the interior, three to five inches in the northwest and northeast hills where it will snow longer. The rain, excuse me, the snow will turn to rain from south to north across the state overnight as temperatures rise from the 30s into the 40s. Don't be shocked if you hear the rumble of thunder as that uh, developing secondary low moves right up over Connecticut. For Thursday, rain ending, clearing and windy, temperatures falling from the 40s to the 30s. Friday, mostly sunny and in the 30s. Saturday and Sunday, a mix of clouds and sun both days. Temperatures in the low 40s, you know, just kind of crazy stuff. Normal high temperature for this date is 35. So, you know, if we're up at 42, 43, we're still seven, eight degrees above average. Monday and Tuesday look mainly sunny, 35 to 40. But then Wednesday is February 1st, Dan. And that is finally, finally, when winter is going to move in. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, our audience keeps safe and uh, plan accordingly with uh, this forecast, obviously. And uh, Brad, to you and Sandy and our podcast audience, have a great rest of the week and weekend. All right, Dan, you too. You and Susan have a great weekend and uh, enjoy some football. And let's see, who are we going to go with? We're going to go with, I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm picking Cincinnati and and Philadelphia. And I, I, I think Philadelphia might win, but I want San Francisco. I like that young quarterback out there, Brock Purdy. Um, I, I, um, I'm, so I'm, I'm hopeful for a Cincinnati-San Francisco Super Bowl. Well, I think we're on the same page. The reason I'm picking Philadelphia is because, first of <laughs> they're all, they're a very, they're very good team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're good. <laughs> and, and they're playing at home, and I think that's going to be a factor in that game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We shall um, see. So- well, we shall see on that one, Dan. And uh, my Bruins keep playing great. Uh, uh, you know, as, as good as Jeremy Swayman is doing, he's being dwarfed by Linus uh, Ulmark. But they're, they're, they by far are the best goaltending tandem in the NHL. Oh, without a doubt. And they, I mean, their home record is, un- their overall record is unbelievable, but their home record is even more amazing. So it's been a lot of fun to watch as far as the hockey is concerned. All it right, is, my friend. Oh, go is. ahead. You no, be- it is Dan, and I can't wait to. I can't wait to get out to some games and uh, and uh, you know watch you sing. Take me out to the ball game and <laughs> well, bring that, on spring. That will be here before you know it. <laughs> All right, my friend. There you have it. Our Bradfield weather podcast, the latest on the storm and what's ahead, particularly beginning on February 1st. The Bradfield Weather Podcast has been underwritten by McAllen Construction. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail.